Welcome back to Simply Superior. I'm Robin Washington, and we're joined by Rick Lubbers of the Duluth News Tribune. Hello, Rick. Hi, Robin. And Shalon Monroe, multimedia journalist for WDIO-TV. Hello, Shalon. Hello, Robin. So, Rick, last week, Cirrus Aircraft of Duluth suffered a devastating loss with the crash of one of his planes piloted by a beloved longtime engineer and company executive. And this comes amid other struggles for the aircraft manufacturer. Yes, it does. Um, a Cirrus plane crashed into the St. Louis River near Grassy Point in West Duluth late Friday afternoon, uh, killing the lone occupant, 52-year-old Dave Rathbun from Hermantown, who was the uh, Vision Jet chief engineer at Cirrus, where he had worked for 26 years. He was flying solo in a privately owned 2016 Cirrus SR-22. Um, it does not appear that the plane clipped the nearby Bong Bridge, uh, and Duluth police report that no structures in the area were damaged. The crash did leave a long gash in the river ice, and a portion of the plane was still visible above the water from the Bong Bridge on Friday afternoon. Preliminary data from flight tracking websites uh, indicate the plane took off from Duluth International Airport um, shortly after 4 o'clock on Friday, turned south, and then descended to a spot near Grassy Point at about 4.07 p.m. Uh, the Federal Aviation Administration and National Transportation Safety Board are investigating the crash. And as you mentioned, Robin, this comes amid the FAA's decision uh, to issue an airworthiness directive that effectively grounds many of the company's recently produced piston engine airplanes until they can be inspected. Um, at issue is a manufacturing error discovered by Continental Aerospace Technologies, which is a series of supplier of engines for two of its most popular plane models, the SR-22 and the turbocharged SR-22T. Now, the crankshafts in some of those engines produced between June 2021 and February 2023 were improperly assembled, making them susceptible to catastrophic failure. Uh, the Cirrus SR-22 involved in last week's fatal crash um, had an airworthiness date of 2016 and was registered in 2020, according to data from flight tracking websites. So it was not one of the planes that was subject to the grounding. Correct. Right. Also on Friday, there was another loss of life in Duluth in a police-involved shooting. Yes, uh, a man who was fatally shot by a Duluth police officer last week was a military veteran who in recent years struggled with mental illness. Uh, 34-year-old Zachary James Shogren was killed by multiple gunshots as officers attempted to arrest him uh, near his home on the 1500 block of East 3rd Street around 2.20 p.m. on Friday, according to the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. Uh, Shogren allegedly was armed with a knife during the encounter, and court records show that a criminal complaint had been filed that same afternoon charging him with felony threats uh, related to a series of violent and threatening text messages sent to his sister. Uh, authorities said the identity of the officer who fired the fatal shots will remain confidential as he or she was working in an undercover capacity. Uh, the BCA reported that officers encountered children in the alley behind his home armed with a knife. On body camera video, officers can be heard ordering Shogren to drop the knife as he moved toward them. Neither taser nor uh, less lethal sponge rounds were effective in stopping him, according to the BCA, and Shogren can be seen on video running toward the officers, which is when an officer shot him. Officers performed life-saving care until Shogren could be taken to the hospital, where he later died. Shogren, a Two Harbors native, served nine years in the Army National Guard, deploying to Iraq from 2011 to 2012. 
Uh, records show that Shogren had a handful of prior uh, impaired driving cases in Minnesota, but he had no apparent history of violence until a May 2020 incident in which he reportedly fired a pistol into the air and threatened to kill his parents uh, at their home. Once complete, the BCA will forward its investigation without charging recommendations to the St. Louis County Attorney's Office for review. Well, in uplifting news, as in looking up to a clock tower perhaps, if you want to know what the proper time is in Duluth, you could stop by Denfield High School. (laughs) Yes, uh, high above West Duluth on Saturday, Duluth Public Schools contractors put one of the finishing touches on a facelift of the clock tower at Denfeld High School. Uh, Crews hoisted a 28-foot-tall bronze spire atop the school's iconic clock tower, symbolically capping a years-long, approximately $950,000 renovation of the school and neighborhood landmarks exterior. Uh, Remaining work includes re-roofing the tower, uh, installing a new access hatch and ladder, repairing one of the four drive shafts that power the tower's clocks, and setting the clocks to the correct time. So it's not quite at the uh, correct time that it should be, but that will be coming (laughs) soon. Uh, School district contractors have been uh, repairing um, the tower for about two years. Uh, The water diversion system on top of the tower failed uh, during a rainstorm in December 2020, and that allowed water to trickle down behind the tower's brickwork. Uh, When the water froze again, it loosened those bricks, causing some of them to pop out entirely. Uh, District staff first noticed the problem when bricks began landing on the school's roof in January 2021. Uh, With those repairs, uh, it'll take about 50 years before the masonry on the outside of the tower needs to be touched up, contractors estimate, and about 100 years before it needs to be substantially worked on again. Okay. Well, turning to the Wisconsin side, if you live in a rural area and you're listening to our show online, great, but you might be the exception. Many parts of our region still don't have broadband, but might be getting closer. WPR's Danielle Kading has this report. Despite the infusion of federal dollars, the head of the Public Service Commission said state funding will be needed to ensure everyone has high-speed Internet. Wisconsin's share of funding will be based on new broadband maps released last year by the Federal Communications Commission. Multiple states have already challenged their accuracy, including Wisconsin. PSC Chair Rebecca Vox says state funding is necessary to fill any gaps. If the funding is allocated on faulty maps, then by definition we're going to receive less than we should. The PSC submitted 269,000 challenges to Internet providers' service claims. The FCC accepted fewer than 8 percent. Fox says the state expects to learn its share of federal funding by June. Daniel Kading, Wisconsin Public Radio. And Shalon, for better or for worse, Wisconsin has a reputation for alcohol consumption, which is a particular problem when it comes to driving. A superior man might be an example of that? Yes, Robin. James Ralph Whitwell has been charged with his ninth DUI. His prior DUI convictions range from Minnesota to Wisconsin, with his last one occurring in 2010. This time, he had a $2,000 cash bond set and was ordered to not drink and drive. So can you put this in context? How significant is nine DUIs? Is that the worst? So nine DUIs is very significant, but there's an even bigger number. According to the Grieve Law Firm that has several offices in southern Wisconsin, 74-year-old Wallace C. Bowers of Green Bay has a total of eight DUI convictions with him racking up his recent one in January 18th of 2021. 
All right. And a reminder that even with nine charges, Mr. Whitwell in Superior is innocent until proven guilty. We've been joined by Shalon Moreau, multimedia journalist for WDIO-TV. Thank you, Shalon. Thank you, Robin. And Rick Lubbers, executive editor of the Duluth News Tribune. Thank you, Rick. Thanks, Robin. You can stay updated on these stories and all the regional news anytime at WPR.org, DuluthNewsTribune.com, and WDIO.com. And finally today, in our conversation with Gabe Mayfield, he talked about being a judge at the Singing with the Stars show at 7 p.m. tonight, hosted by the Duluth Playhouse at the North Shore Theater. And yes, yours truly is a contestant, although I'm not going to betray what might be sung at this time. But we did have a dress rehearsal last night. Without giving away who sang what, here are some of the sounds from it. I'm Robin Washington. Stay safe, everyone. We are here at the North Shore Theater with Wes Drummond, the executive director of the Duluth Playhouse. I always say the best stories are answers to the questions, why are you here? But I'm asking, why am I here? <laughs> you are here because we have asked a handful of local leaders to get on stage at the North Shore Theater and boldly support the arts by performing in a, the ultimate Broadway performance competition. And that would be? And that is Singing with the Stars. It is Friday, March 3rd tonight. Doors open at 6 p.m. The show starts at 7. Uh, it is a night of glitz and glamour at the North Shore Theater. There's going to be 10 local leaders getting on stage performing their favorite Broadway number in a competition to see who can be the first winner of Singing with the Stars. And they go on from here to uh, Idol or something like that, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> at least not everybody will. I can vouch for that for sure. Yes. Uh, all right. And it is a, for a good cause? Yes, it's a fundraiser for the Duluth Playhouse. It is our first fundraiser, in-person fundraising event since 2019. All funds raised will go towards the Playhouse's mission of creating opportunities in theatrical arts to educate, entertain, and engage our community. Okay, thank you, West Drummond. Thank you.